also think it's a really good opportunity for us to celebrate what our students know and have learned. Absolutely. Right? It's when I think about assessments that my kids have been proud of, really big things that they've poured their own learning into, mm-hmm. right? And had opportunities to, sh- to show me that. Jace, my six-year-old, pulled something out of the trash this morning mm-hmm. and was like, why did you throw this away? Oh, boy. Right? Yeah. You know, like, student, yeah, I think it's students, important to him. It is. And it's, like, students invest themselves in their work, yeah. and we should be asking them yeah. to do work that they can be proud of. Welcome to Hallway Conversations. We're a trio of educators who have plenty of questions about teaching and learning and school culture, and we believe in the value of reflection and collaboration as we seek to keep growing as teachers. This podcast is our place for thinking out loud together about issues in education and why they might matter to Christian educators. Welcome to the conversation. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Hallway Conversations. My name is Matt Beamers. I'm Abby DeGrell. And I'm Dave Mulder. Abby, I know that you, uh, we, all three of us, appreciate Ron Berger and, and mm-hmm. some of the work that he's done. Yeah, that's right. And I believe you uh, have a quote from him that sort of resonated and just want to bring today. Yeah, so on the topic of assessment, he he has a whole book um, on kind of student-centered assessment mm-hmm. and how, how it can be a gift, and that's kind of along mm-hmm. the lines of the question we received. And so his quote is this, Although assessment is most often seen as something done to students, the root meaning of the word assess is to sit beside. Mm-hmm. So I always think that's an interesting way to think about assessment and yeah. a way to frame our conversation about assessing students. Yeah, to sit, to sit beside. To sit beside. That's and what beautiful. a what a different way of thinking about it. So often yeah. assessments mm-hmm. is something done to students, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Instead mm-hmm. of coming alongside them. Yeah. It changes your perspective it a lot. Does. It does. Do you have any, any initial thoughts on that burger quote or any connections you're making? Yeah, well, so I, I like that idea an awful lot of, of reimagining what assessment is and what it should be. And I guess that's my thought, too. When we sat around here for a little while thinking about what we're going to talk about today, uh, we'd had a question come in from a listener. And so I'll just share that uh, the synopsis of it here. Uh, this is from our friend Jess, who uh, teaches in Sioux Falls and is a school leader there. Um, and she was wondering, um, her question was prompted by... Um, a post that was on the um, case blog from our colleague Pat Cornelis. And so I'll link that in the show notes, the, the Pat's piece. Um, but in that piece, she comes along the same mm-hmm. idea of assessment as a gift. Mm-hmm. And like, what, what would that do if we would rethink assessment as something, a gift that we can bless our students with? Um, and so Jess's question uh, was just around that idea of assessment as a gift. And are there ways that we can shift our mindset to make that more likely mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. that we can be a blessing to our students in the way that we. So my immediate connection with that was I, I know the I've read the piece Pat wrote and she references a piece that Elaine Brower wrote, oh I don't know fifteen years ago or something like that, um, that raises that that idea raises that question of assessment as a gift or assessment as a blessing, and actually it was my that that reading that article back, probably back in two thousand five or something I'm like that. I'm looking at it. It's two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. There we go. Yeah. Um, but it actually prompted my master's thesis. It was an action mm-hmm. research project where I did something different with assessment because I realized the the things I was doing as an assessor were not blessing my students. It was something I was doing to them. And a lot of times my assessment practices were actually punitive, mm-hmm. which that I'm not proud to admit that, but it's true. That mm-hmm. A lot of the things I was doing as an assessor were, um, yeah, like trying to get my students in some right. way. I was doing right. this to them. And that was a mind shift for me. When I read this piece, it, it really... Yeah, caused me to sit back and say, what am I doing and why am I doing it? 
and in some really uncomfortable ways. So I shifted. I used to, what, the way I used to assess students, I call it the bucket of points method, right? <laughs> Where you, you have this imaginary bucket and you don't even know how big the bucket is at the beginning of the term. Um, but every assignment. You just fill it up. You kind of, yeah, you're adding points to the bucket and you just keep filling it, it, it up. Make it as you go. I need a quiz. I right. need a homework assignment. Exactly, exactly. And then at the end of the term, you figure out how big the bucket is and you figure out how many points each kid has in the bucket and you divide. Or, or did you ever do the thing, I think about this and just cringe, right, where I, I teach the unit and then I write the test over what I taught. Oh, yeah. I always did that at the beginning. Right? right. Yeah, so instead of thinking about what I want them to know at the end and, and designing well to right. that, right. <laughs> instead I taught it and then I was like, hmm, what do I want you to be able to yeah. spit back to me? Yeah. And, right? and so I guess oh. that's that's the thing I want to be cautious about here now because dear listener who's hearing this is saying, well, yeah. that's what I do. What right. should I do differently, right? right? right. And so maybe we can think and imagine yeah. a little bit, like, what mm-hmm. else is there besides just averaging a grade? Yeah. Right? When you, this idea of assessment as gift reminds me, like, I'm just right away back in high school all of a sudden, and um, I loved English. I loved the humanities. I really struggled in math. And after a really tough year, I found myself in a sophomore math class as a junior hmm. and super frustrated that I wasn't doing better um, probably wasn't working as hard as I should have, mm-hmm. but I still remember that feeling of being really frustrated. Like, why can't I get this mm-hmm. right? Like, I'm yeah. not getting it. Yeah. Um, whatever that, whatever that might mean. And I can remember getting a, a, a math test back from Ed Bolins, who I've I've spoken about before, and I didn't really know him at that at that time. It was his first year at, at our school, and I can remember like almost being in tears. Like everyone walked away. Here mm-hmm. I am, this junior in high school. I sh- I should be doing better. I'm in a sophomore math class mm-hmm. and just sitting there almost in tears as everyone walked out. And, and I really, that's why this burger quote is so fascinating to me because I can remember him literally sitting, like pulling up a chair and sitting next to me yeah. and saying, Matthew, let's go over this test. Like, mm-hmm. let's do this. Mm-hmm. Like, let me help you learn. Like, mm-hmm. let me help you understand um, where, like, where you might need help and how I can support you. And, and I just think about that, like even the idea of like, you know, outside of assessment, that if you're feeling stress or anxiety, like the very action of someone coming sitting next besi- next to you to, yeah. to sit beside someone, right? To sit beside them and whatever's going on and then and to transfer that over to think mm-hmm. about assessment. Like I'm trying, mm-hmm. like literally for, for Mr. Bolins, it meant I'm going to sit next to Matt Beamer's. Right. And I'm going to help him with his learning. Yeah. And help right. him, like, help teach for understanding, right? right. And so I just, yeah, I hadn't thought about that in a long time. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a beautiful concept versus literally sometimes standing over our students, mm. passing out tasks, mm-hmm. you know, the brain on a stick, here you go, you right. get them. Right. And you literally move move on, right? And right. it's, I got, you know, whatever grade in math or what, I have no idea how to fix any of this. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure the difference between an 80 and an 83%, like that feels kind of random. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I would defy any teacher to be able to tell yeah. the difference between an 80% and an 83%. Yeah, right. Like no. you can hide behind the math, but you're hiding yeah. behind the math. Like yeah. What, yeah. what do students yeah. actually know? All the time. And I did all right? the time. Like all yeah. the time. 92. It's the points, it right? Totally. It's like, and, then, and then you do hit a point where it's like, yeah, what's the difference between a 90 and a 91? Is it a comma? Is it misspelling a word? Right. Like, and and that's where I think, even for me, that's where I think I started shifting my mm-hmm. own idea mm-hmm. of like, I'm not sure what the difference is between one yeah. percentage point and 
anyways. Mm-hmm. Abby, what you, if I can ask, like, what connections or, or what are you thinking you hearing Dave talk about Elaine or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so in that article, um, she also, I really like her description of the three kinds of assessment. Oh, and, yeah. Um, and maybe we can link that article yep, as well in the show notes. But she talks about assessment as, as a triangle. And so we think of assessment as like what you're saying as a math test, right? Like that summative, what do you know? So that's that assessment of our learning, right? Mm-hmm. So evidence of student learning at a certain point in time, right? So anything that's like a test, a standardized test, or something that we use to communicate learning yeah. to parents, right? Mm-hmm. Report card Fair grades, enough. that kind yep. of thing. But, and, but that should be the, the top of the triangle. It should be the least amount of assessment that we do, and mm. most of the assessment should be at the base of the triangle, um, assessing for learning and as learning. So she talks about how, like, you can assess for learning, and that as a teacher, I should always be assessing what my students know so I know where to go next. Yeah, right. So oh, I'm we assessing. Need we yep, need that information. Yep, I need to right. know where they are, not to give them a grade or something in the grade book or a bucket of points, but so I know what to teach, mm-hmm. right? And I know what they're missing and yeah. what we need to focus on and what even we did a TQE method in my um one of my classes the other day where from a reading, they write down in small groups their thoughts, questions, and epiphanies. Yeah. We we take a selection of those. We put them all up on the board. And then I let students say, okay, this is what I really want to talk about out of this chapter. Yeah, yeah. And so then they get to decide the direction mm-hmm. of the conversation, right? Because they know what they need to know right. and what they still have questions about. Well, that's and where. so good. So, so instead of me directing the whole thing, I'm assessing what they know and what they want to know, mm-hmm. right? So that's the for learning and then as learning, right? So helping students focus on um, their own reflection, setting individual goals. What do I know about this? What do yeah. I still need to know? Yep. Having them, like we do sometimes personalized learning targets in my classes. Sure. So here's what, I'll give them the syllabus and I'll say, what do you want out of this class? Mm-hmm. Looking at the syllabus, where mm-hmm. are your weak points? What do you need to, and so having them assess themselves in order as they're learning. Can I pick up on that, yeah. that idea of assessment as learning? So this is something, I teach a geography course that's like the, the content-oriented course that I teach, mm-hmm. right? And we read a lot. It's a thick textbook. We read the whole thing in a semester. And that's something that I've come to do with my students. I use a content area literacy strategy mm-hmm. um, where I just have them like document their thinking as they're reading. And if they think, yep, I think I got this one, just check, yep, I got it. Yeah. Um, but if they say, I have questions about this, like thinking people should have questions when they're reading, well, then we try to bring those into class because mm-hmm. that's what I want to start with then. And so mm-hmm. we take time in class. And say, okay, talk with your table. Um, you know, who, what, what questions came up as you were reading this and which ones do we need clarity on from, mm-hmm. from the things you're talking about? Mm-hmm. And I found that to be the most powerful way for me to rearrange my, my lecture. I'm still going to lecture in, in class. Mm-hmm. And I, I still have like my thought process laid out, but this way they've got that level of buy-in. Right. And then I actually know, like if they all understood this thing that I thought I need to talk about for 20 minutes, yeah. maybe I just need to address it for two minutes instead yeah. because they mm-hmm. all got that one. Mm-hmm. But but this other topic that I wasn't even thinking was going to be a big deal, well, none of them understood that. Mm-hmm. Now I know that they didn't. So mm-hmm. it just invites that level of thoughtfulness into your practice that can guide right. where you're going. Right. My, my question then for both of you, because I, I love that, the, you know, the for and as learning, and, um, but why summative assessment at all then? Mm-hmm. Because it, yeah, yeah. Because like it's, yeah. it sounds like you're getting a, a real accurate gauge Mm-hmm. of their learning and they're getting an accurate gauge mm-hmm. of, of their learning right and that's what I love when I hear both of you talk is like sure. both the student and the teacher 
kind of understand like what what they know and what they need to know. So well, could you ever eliminate some well, of this? Well, part system? of it is because we exist in a system that needs okay. grades. Okay. Yeah. So, but is that really right? so is like, that in the end the real I also think there's something to like a bigger formal project that my students create. And and I I like them to still have to synthesize things. Like if all we're ever doing is these little discrete chunks and they're not actually pulling it together and saying, here's how this all fits together. But to me, that's the best kind of summative assessment. When we say assessment of your learning, now you're putting all these pieces together and you're showing like, here's how I learned this and I learned this and I learned this and I learned this and they all fit together. But I think ideally then it should be something the students actually have some voice in and it should definitely be reflective on on their process. Because that was going to be my question, Dave, because I like this idea of like, hey, what I might only need to spend twenty minutes or two minutes instead of twenty because yep. they they know or or hey, like what do you want to talk about? Let's mm-hmm. create a personalized learning target. So, which again I love, right? Mm-hmm. How do we so? What might that look like to take that into summative? Because I can't help sure. but think of summative. Right or wrong, when I think of summative, and maybe it's my own story, I right away think again of this is happening to students, right. which which is why I like it's at the top of the triangle. Yeah. It's a little piece of it, but is there a way for summative to be not happening to students? Well, yeah. like I, so obviously our discipline is education. All of my students are in placements in yeah. practicums right yeah. now in my senior level class that I sure. teach, right? So I ask them to take a lot of times things that are happening in that. So yeah. today they had to come up with an activity, brainstorm. I said, yeah. okay, here's what it, you know, we were talking about brain-friendly strategies for sure. adolescents. Yep. And they had to come up with an activity that they could take back and use Ooh, in yeah. their mm. placement. And they also, for a summative, but that was more formative, but for a summative assessment, they have to take um, an issue or something related to adolescent learners that they've seen and create a, okay, this is what it is. Here's how it relates to what we've talked about in adolescent development. Here's what the research says about ways that we can address this as a teacher. So again, it's it's very formal. They're giving presentations to their classmates and it's a summative assessment. It goes in their portfolio. I give them a grade for it. But it's also really, I hope, meaningful to what they're doing in that practicum piece so it's useful to them to help them understand actual Mm -hmm. students they're working with Mm -hmm. every single day so it's taking that and extending it into my classroom i'll I'll give another example Mm -hmm. that's a very different one here so something that i've started doing in that geography class i teach um, in the first week of of the class i give them a couple pointed questions that get at like big ideas for the whole semester that we're going to be talking about like who is my neighbor what does it mean to love my neighbors i love myself good good geography questions um, and then I give them basically the same questions for their final exam at the mm-hmm. end of the semester. And I have them in the preparation for their exam, like, go back and reread that paper you wrote in the first week of the semester. And then in light of everything that you've done this semester, mm-hmm. all the different things that we've learned about, what would you keep the same in, in that answer you gave back at the beginning? And what would be different mm-hmm. now? And so it lets them just kind of reflect on their own learning process. And mm-hmm. it, it's amazing to me. Like, I often have students who will say things like, well, I, I said this and I still believe that. But now I really believe it because. Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. it just changes the way they think. about. It. Or for some of them, they've actually, they, they really have changed their mind about things mm-hmm. that they thought at the beginning. And, I, and I find that having them reflect on their learning is such a powerful Oh, yeah. Tool for really assessing what they did learn. That's right. right? Why? Why? Like, because I think I've heard you say that before. Like, reflection yeah. is so important. Like, why do you put, put such high value yeah. on it, Abby? That's a good question. I think it's a higher, I think it definitely think it's higher order, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if we're thinking about Bloom's yeah, taxonomy, right. like, it's, it's meta analysis. Yeah. Not only what I know, it's knowing about 
what yeah, I know. Right. But I also think, um, well, is it Dewey that has that quote? Like, I don't learn through experience. I learn from reflecting That's on right. experience. Yeah. Yeah. And so I had that when I was writing a piece not very long ago, right? I didn't know what I thought about it until mm-hmm. I actually like, well, sat down yeah. to write it. Right? Uh, like, right. And I think that happens to our students, too. They're, yes. They go through everything. Like, think about the amount of information that the average person encounters, yeah. right, in yeah. a day, much less in a class yeah. over a whole semester. So mm-hmm. if they ha- don't have a way to synthesize that and reflect and, like, yeah. kind of parse out what was the most important, I don't think that they're going to take that away automatically. No. I think they have to be prompted. Well, and this comes to, to that question uh, broadly about summative assessments, right? Do we need to have summative assessments? I, I think we do because as an educational enterprise, in formal educational settings, yes, we, we should have a scope and sequence to our curriculum that we should be able to say at the end, was this Mm-hmm. Is there validity to, to our curriculum? Um, and that's one way that we do it, right? Getting students to put the, all those pieces mm-hmm. together. What so, would be the argument against? Because when you say, hey, that, yeah. like, hey, we, it gives validity to our course or our curriculum, mm-hmm. my worry around that is that is that it shouldn't take summative assessment to say this is to valid. Say, to say this is valid. And so, so I just, for me, I. I get a little cautious. I know what yeah, you're saying, yeah. Dave. No, I appreciate the, the pushing, pushing forward, not pushing, pushing forward, back, pushing yeah. forward on that, right? And and I guess I don't have a, a tidy answer for that, but I think we do have a responsibility in formal educational settings because of the structure of school yeah. and to have like a formal curriculum that we say this yeah. is the curriculum we're guaranteeing. We're ensuring that students by taking this course have had the opportunities to learn these things. Then I think it is a professional responsibility for and us, it's, and it's evidence towards those. Right. Like, for yep. example, we have standards in teacher preparation, right? Sure. And so our summative assessments serve as evidence for each one of those standards yeah. to say, yes, our students can do this, and mm-hmm. here's how you can know because yeah. here's a product that they've created. And, and I guess I would say if we're going to think about informal learning things, like I learn all kinds of things just by reading yeah. Wikipedia or watching videos on YouTube, and I don't need any formative assessment or summative yeah. assessment on that. It's like, okay, if I need to learn how to do something so I'm trying to fix my garbage disposal at home, like I literally have yeah. watched YouTube videos to fix my garbage disposal. I, the proof is in the pudding. The garbage yeah. disposal didn't work, and now it does, right? Yeah. Is that enough of an assessment vehicle? Well, it's not a formal assessment no. because it's not a formal educational experience, right? What, what about this idea of then people not only want summative assessment but think there's real value in making them high stakes? So mm-hmm. we hear this language, right, of high stakes, oh, low yeah. stakes. And so so I'm trying to just, you know, I, I grew up at a time where you, back in British Columbia you would get this provincial exam at the end right. of the year and it would count for 30 or 40 percent of your grade which was both terrifying and if you didn't do well in school like i did an opportunity <laughs> to save to save your year but but uh, so how do we do it in such a way that this is a summative this is a summative you know end of unit year whatever mm. um without being like it's all riding on this because they because right. i know like you do an end of unit test or you you know whatever mm-hmm. that looks like um the, the if I think about my own kids, the anxiety gets up right away, right? Like this sure. is a big test or this is a big exam. And, and so is there a way to do it mm-hmm. to elevate the importance of it but reduce the stakes att- attached to it? I'm going to reference Twitter here because I just saw something on Twitter. Um, and I'm not going to be able to remember who I saw it from. But it was a math teacher. And he was talking about how they collaborate all the time in their math class. And so when he gives students a test, he has them put their writing utensils on the floor And then he passes out the test, and he allows them, like, three minutes to discuss the test 
with each other and use that discourse around like looking through the test and just discussing what it is to kind of loosen everyone up and to loosen that anxiety Mm -hmm. um, and really focus on mathematical conversations about whatever it is that they're learning to kind of prime them for, oh, we know how to do this. Yeah. Right? Like this is powerful. Yeah. I've never heard of I've never heard of that before. I hadn't either, which is why it struck me. Yeah. Thanks for sharing yeah. that one. Uh-huh. That, I'm, I'll I'm, see if I'm, I can find it back and yeah, send it to you. I'd, I'd be open to trying that mm-hmm. in my own teaching as mm-hmm. I'm thinking about this, right? Um, yeah. So when you were saying that, Matt, uh, about how to lower anxiety, the, this is maybe one, um, something that I've been doing, and I don't think I do this perfectly, but as an example for listeners to think about this. So um, in Introduction to Education, which I teach, we learn a ton of vocabulary. I call it professional language, yeah. but it's really like the jargon of the teaching yeah, profession, right? Because they got they need to know what, what these mean. So they have um, a vocabulary component, and part of their final exam is... I mean, it's a final exam, so it's fairly high stakes. They have to know. And it's just a multiple-choice test mm-hmm. on all this vocabulary that we've learned. Well, how do I ensure that they're going to learn it? So each week of the course, they've got 10 or 15 vocab terms they've got to learn. And I give them a, a low-stakes, super low-stakes quiz that just is opportunity mm-hmm. to practice, 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 practice. And so the way I frame it for them, like, they should always get 10 out of 10 because they can take the quiz as many times as they need to to get 10 out of 10. Um, and my working theory for that is this is assessment as learning mm-hmm. again, Abby, right? Because they're going to take that quiz and, okay, they got six out of ten. Well, you know those six terms, but you don't know these four yet. Yeah. So then take it yeah. again because it gives yeah. you a chance to practice it, practice it, practice it. And really, that's what I want them to do is mm-hmm. actually practice it. And so by the time they're taking the final, they've taken these quizzes throughout the semester. They've had the chance to just build that fluency with this vocabulary through practice. And I think that's the thing. What makes it feel high stakes a lot of times is that you can't always practice for it, right? Like you can review, you can revise your thinking, you can work on it, but you don't always get But I also give students opportunities to do the kind of thing that I'm asking them to do on the summit of assessment before the summit of assessment. Right? That they shouldn't it should not be the first time they're encountering something on the the first time they've written an essay on this on a topic. Like a totally different way to assess their learning that they haven't practiced. That's right. Yeah. 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 I, okay, this is a bigger question, and I'm going to ask you for a smaller answer. We can oh do boy. a whole podcast on this, but, <laughs> but there is bit like if I look at my bookshelf, there is literally double-digit books on assessment, mm-hmm. and and over 20 years. So I feel like we've been talking about. I've been a teacher for 29 years. I feel like we've been talking about assessment for 29 <laughs> years. Yes. Why? In a, in a, in a big question, short answer. But, but why? Why should this be so important? Like why? Like we we make a, a big deal, and I think rightfully so. But it's a conver- like it feels like one of the conversations in education that is never ending, right? The assessment conversation we will always have with us, and, and so that that means like, and and so to me that says, and I don't mean that in a cynical way. That means that it's an important mm-hmm. it's yeah. an important no, discussion, right. and so I'm just wondering a, a few quick thoughts that come to your mind is like why. Sh- should we care so much about mm-hmm. this? Because because I believe we should, mm-hmm. but I've never actually. So I'm looking to you, two sages. <laughs> oh boy, for some wi- for some wisdom I'll, on this. I think I've said this on the podcast before, so I'll repeat myself if if I have. But um, the reason I think assessment is so important, why we have to keep coming back around to this, is 
I, I believe assessment is the most mystical part of the work we do mm-hmm. in, in education. What I mean by that is somehow I have to get inside my student's head. Mm-hmm. Somehow I need to know what they know and understand mm-hmm. how they understand things. I need yeah. to be able to make that judgment because I have a professional responsibility for that as a professional yeah. educator. And how, how do you get inside someone else's head, mm-hmm. right? And I think... Yeah, there's lots of strategies for that, and I think people keep changing their mind about what's best practice for this. Yeah. And as we learn more about how people learn, and as we learn more about how people think, and learn different ways of prompting them to share what they're actually thinking, like how do I know what yeah. they're thinking? I've got to get them to verbalize it, yeah. or write it, or demonstrate mm-hmm. it in some way. Yeah, that's so, helpful. I've heard yeah. a I've heard a phrase, "making thinking visible." Yeah, right? there you go. Mm-hmm. I think I have a book on my shelf titled yeah. that somewhere. <laughs> right. Yeah. right? Yep. Yeah, but that's kind of it. I also think it's a really good opportunity for us to celebrate what our students mm. know and have learned. Absolutely. Right? It's when I think about assessments that my kids have been proud of, really big things that they've poured their own learning mm. into, mm-hmm. right, and had opportunities to, sh- to show me that. Jace, my six-year-old, pulled something out of the trash this morning. And mm. was like, why did you throw this away? Oh boy. Right? Yeah. You know, like, student, yeah, I think it's students, important to him. It is. And it's like students invest themselves in their work, yeah. and we should be asking them yeah. to do work that they can be proud of. Right. And so I think assessment can be a way for them to build that self efficacy yeah. mm-hmm. and that self knowledge of this is what I learned and this is how my understanding has shifted. And assessment can be a good way to show that and celebrate it. It, it gives them the chance to document. And create mm-hmm. things that, right. that, that illustrate, yeah, like mm-hmm. this. This is something yeah. important, and and I'm proud of the work mm-hmm. that I've done. It's something beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. which makes me, which makes me then come back to the burger quote at the beginning. This idea of, you know, whether it's Ed Bolens, whether it's you know you with your with your son. This idea of whether we're sitting with uh, sitting next to someone or we're celebrating with them. Maybe I'm thinking about it, or assessment as hospitality. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to be a hus- mm-hmm. hus- to show our students hospitality through our assessment practices? Friends, we want to thank you for joining us today in the hallway. Wherever this finds you, we hope you're doing well. And as you go into this week, we would just want to send you with this blessing. So to our friends, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace and give you peace and give you peace. Amen. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a good week. This podcast was literally dreamed up during one of our actual Hallway Conversations. Our music is by Ethan Mulder. Hallway Conversations is created and produced by Matt Beamers, Abby DeGroat, and Dave Mulder. Hey, we have a favor to ask of you. Would you be willing to rate this podcast or write a review in your podcast app? Or if you found this conversation interesting or helpful, would you consider sharing it on your social media? Those things really do help podcasters out, and we would be so, so grateful. Thanks for listening, friends. I quoted Frozen today in class, and my students caught it. Hey, wow. not bad. Mm-hmm. Of course, they're the demographic. All good things. Right? All good things. Right? <laughs> and Olaf says it to the, yeah. to the ice giant. Oh, that's I was so just good. talking about you. All good things. All good things. <laughs> and their eyes light up they, with yeah. recognition. Oh. <laughs>